Hello, and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 72nd episode in a weekly series called Secret Sauce. Today, I'm going to be talking just by myself. Last week's episode was a discussion with Mikey Newman from Gearbox about Borderlands 2, and some of his experiences uh, facing adversity, shall we say. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Monday, July 23rd, and we are going to discuss some games that I'm playing and a little bit about some gray area news you might be interested in. So, first with the news. You may notice, after downloading this, that your download speed was much faster than you're used to. Uh, Tinsian has worked very hard in the last few weeks, changing around the RSS for the gray area. It has a brand new RSS, which includes all the old episodes, beginning with one all the way up to 72, as we are now. You may also have noticed that the old RSS on iTunes only contained 50 episodes at a time. And we were running into some of the issues with that. So uh, it's been rebuilt, remastered, better, faster, stronger, and should uh, be much more useful. And heaven forbid you want to go back and listen to all the old episodes, you now have that option as well. And they will list, and I believe are listed right now in iTunes that way too. I hope you've been enjoying the interviews the last few weeks. You've had quite a few people on and got a chance to talk to a lot of really awesome guests. And so this week I'm taking a break from that and I'm kind of feeling meh. So I'm going to do a shorter episode and talk about some of the games I'm playing, most specifically The Secret World, which I've gotten into with some of my friends. Some other things of interest you might want to take a look at. The Facebook page, Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, has a lot of news um, that's going on right now kind of in gaming, things that come up that don't make it into the news of the week, but things that are of interest and links from some of my developer friends that they want to share. Also, you can keep up with some of my more personal news, one of which is I think you were aware of the one of nine contest for Genesis that I've applied to to be a GM and cosplay player as one of the nine fates, specifically the fate of strength. And that is listed on the gray area page. Hopefully you will give me a vote. It's a one-time vote. Um, just click on five stars and um, just one time. And it really takes only a second. And it's kind of fun actually, because you get to see the stars glow. Uh, also this week I've applied to the frag dolls. They are looking for a new frag doll to join the Ubisoft team. And I thought I would give that a try. You know, last year I applied as a Fragdoll Cadet and made it to Fragdoll Cadet finalist. So I have no idea if things will go that way this year, but I feel like I should keep trying. And uh, if they're flexible enough in their version of what a competitive gamer is, I think that would be fun to do. So you'll probably see that floating around Twitter and floating around Facebook. Um, just kind of a link to the stuff. And it was fun actually sitting down and defining why I game, and to me, the fun of video games. One of the questions you had to 
to ask and describe as your gaming history. And I kind of took that as a, a chance to look and answer the age-old question that we all ask, which is, why do I game? I will probably tell you more about that in upcoming episodes and maybe read some of the sections for you. But the basic gist of it is, I feel like you could compare yourself to other gamers. You could play the EPN card. You could say, you know, I'm the best at this and that. But the thing about gaming that really attracts me is the fact that it's very universal. And one of the few things uh, going all the way back, and I was talking about in my in my uh, doc, going all the way back to Roman times and the Colosseum and the Forum, gaming is kind of the perfect amalgamation of uh, brute fighting and entertainment and the arts and uh, creative storytelling. And I feel like it's almost a modern version of those two ancient uh, entertainment practices. So for me, gaming is one of the few universal things that's international that you can pretty much have the same commonality with every single person. So uh, um, I will probably post more on that later on, but it's just a thought if you're interested. to the secret world, which I've been playing quite a lot of with Rabbit and Tinsian. The secret world is an MMOG, and it is it is by Funcom. And the thing about this game that's a little bit different from a lot of MMOs is that it doesn't have any levels or classes, which kind of blows your mind because in some cases it's it's similar to a magic game or other deck-based games because you, you really use a deck to build the assets and abilities of your character. You have seven active assets and seven passive assets, and you can uh, use something with, that they call AP uh, to, to build up pretty much a whole bunch of different abilities, and you can actually save... Uh, your your spec, if you want to call it, um, and switch back and forth between these. Uh, AP, I believe, is anima, is what they're calling it. Um, you can use handguns, shotguns, magic, swords, slump, sledgehammers, katanas, pistols. Uh, all weapons work for all classes. And they give you several suggested decks uh, to build, which I didn't realize until I was well into the game, so that didn't help me very much, uh, unfortunately for me. I chose to go with claw weapons and a chaos focus. So I'm using magic and I'm also using melee. I wanted to build a kind of a basic DPS build. I find that I should probably be a tank because of my playstyle. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, playstyle and exactly what that means. But for me, my playstyle is to run in and, um, I mean, Obviously, I know that you have to wait for the tank to grab aggro from my millions of hours in World of Warcraft, but my instinct is to run right in there, and I always seem to play melee characters that have to get right up in the face 
of the different bosses. So even though I'm staying behind them, I really like to be up in there and up in all of it. So I am considering at some point I should probably play a tank because uh, I always play characters that are right there. And there's a lot of pressure involved with being a tank, holding onto the aggro, making sure that you control the mobs and uh, making sure that you keep the rest of the party from being bashed. And that's something I've avoided in the past because of that uh, large responsibility. But it might be something I'll consider in the future. DPS is always more of a throwaway class, in my opinion, uh, one I love to play, but one that still you can kind of have any old DPS. And, um, you know, if a DPS fails and dies, it doesn't necessarily wipe your, um, your battle. But you can do all sorts of things in this game because there are no classes or level restrictions. And uh, that is kind of a pain in some ways because you tend to grab uh, AP a lot faster than you do SP. SP is skill points. So you'll get, every time you get a skill point, you will not get one until you have three AP. So three AP equals one skill point. Skill points allow you to level up your uh, weapon, your magic, your major and minor talismans, which basically just give you stats, your, uh, your headpiece, you know, different things that you can equip items in your loot from. And these loot items, it's kind of like wearing rings or kind of like wearing bracelets or, uh, you know, jewelry and some of the other games you've played. This is a way to equip items, uh, like in Diablo 3, I know you've done that, and kind of up your stats. They don't actually show on the character, uh, which is kind of disappointing because I would like to see different masks. I believe at the higher levels you may, there may be some options to see, to see your mask. And this is a very new game, so I suspect that they will change some of the customization options later on. Uh, they do have what they call a wardrobe, where you get different clothing options, and as you go along you can, if you complete specific quest chains like the academy in the Savage Coast, you get an academy sweatshirt that says, you know, class of whatever uh, at Innsmouth Academy. Little things like that that kind of make it fun to customize. Since they don't have levels, they do have things that are kind of the equivalent, which are stars. You have to become a certain level of power and then you get your first star and then you get your second star. You get a, a special outfit and a specific individual quest for your second star, which takes you to a major city and you have um, a little bit more of your own personal story when the second star hits. In my case, I am playing a chaos or a dragon secret society of the dragon. There are three secret societies. You can play as the Illuminati, the Templars, or the Dragon. You would kind of say that the Templars are the good guys. They're the, you know, rah, 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 everything's white kind of guys. And the Illuminati are a little bit more of the, um, yeah, we're kind of good guys, but we're interested in making money and uh, manipulating things. And the Dragon is considered the chaos uh, society, where they believe in the chaos theory, the they have one head of the dragon that's pretty much running all this, and the rest of us have no idea what we're doing individually. Each individual action we do is somehow part of a planned um, algorithm that they've worked out that's going to fulfill whatever their ultimate purpose is, which, which at this point I do not know. I should point out that there are a lot more than two stars. I think I've seen up to five at this point. I don't know how many you can possibly get, but at this point I have two. This is all set in the modern day world. Uh, you have New York, London, Seoul. 
And you're supposed to, and the basic idea for everyone is, you're supposed to stop the evil, the vampires, the werewolves, the zombies. And this is the premise. You are supposed to, the end of the world has come, and uh, these three societies that have worked against each other this whole time and have hated each other suddenly have decided that they're going to have a tentative truce to stop the end of the world. Now, I've said that there are no levels and no classes, but people are used to these things and they are going to invent them. So instead of looking for levels, now you look for stars. Instead of looking for classes, you just ask for things like healer, tank, yada yada. So you're still kind of those things, you're still kind of a class, and you're still kind of a level, because you do not have enough SP to invest in doing everything. And that's the problem I'm having right now at a two star. I have a certain amount of SP, and that means that uh, my weapons are up to let's say tier three and most of my talismans and head stuff are tier three but i really should be at four or five and you just have to choose where you invest your your uh, skill points and it becomes a little bit stingy at this point uh you're going to run into a lot of zombies and a lot of chain quests and this is a good thing and a bad thing it's good because it's very story-driven. You have a lot of cutscenes and a lot of uh, neat stuff to watch. But it's also bad because um, the mobs and everything in this open-world environment pretty much spawn the exact same spot everywhere. And it's also bad because you're going to have other people that are playing with you that are doing the same quests. And they're going to want to kill the same people that you're after. They do respawn pretty quickly, but... Um, at, you know, at this point, the game's been out for a month or so, so there's not too huge mob uh, camping or anything like that but um you kind of get annoyed with the fact that you can't even walk down the street in kingsmith which is the first town you come to without you know tiny bands of zombies pretty much running at you every five seconds and that gets a little bit annoying the graphics are interesting it's a little bit of a different style than you um have seen before uh but it's a little primitive, and I think they could probably up it um, as far as the the skin textures and things like that uh, of the people. They could improve that, and, and I suspect that they will over time. Uh, there are some very tricky uh, portions to the quest. A lot of things involve... Um, using keypads, finding clues, and they're very vague about the descriptions on what they want you to do. You have to do a lot of puzzles and, and deal with a lot of riddles, which some people really love. Um, but when you're doing a group and you do gain much more XP doing a group, you become annoyed uh, sometimes doing the, these investigative missions because uh, for me, being in a group, rushes me a little bit. I feel like I need to move quickly to get to the fighting portion and the leveling portion, and I don't really have a lot of time to look around and figure out um, how to match this particular symbol with the next symbol. So that that becomes a little bit annoying if you're grouping, um, which you probably will want to do for the XP boost. A little note about grouping. Uh, if you're with people that are a higher star level than you, you should pay attention to the quest that you're accepting. For quite a while, I was um, accepting quests with Rabbit and Tinsian, who were quite a bit higher than I was in level. That were they go from easy 
uh, moderate, hard, very hard, and devastating. And I was accepting devastating quests because there were three of us and we could handle it. But I didn't realize that if you are doing a devastating quest, you will only get one third of the XP of what you would have if that quest wasn't devastating. So we were doing all of this stuff thinking I was leveling myself because it was in areas that I was, uh, very low for, but the XP was cut into a third and that is why I didn't level very quickly. So pay attention to that. You don't want to do devastating quests. You want to do very hard at the most. Another thing about this game is crafting. You have the ability to take apart uh, your weapons and rebuild them uh, with various runes and various extra added things that allow them to be a little more powerful in whatever areas you prefer. For me, crit and penetration are the two things that matter to my particular build that I'm working on. So I can uh, change my weapons. And also, if you roll on something that isn't the right sort of weapon, and you get a pistol or something, and let's say you're a fist weapon person like myself, you can take that fist weapon apart and use it to get the component metals to rebuild something that you want to build. It does take a toolkit to do so, but uh, it's not too difficult, and you can collect quite a few materials for that. That's pretty much the only crafting that I'm aware of. Um, there isn't really like a, you know, an herbalism or stuff like that. You can craft um, other items besides weapons. You can do um, talismans, which are kind of the things that I'm saying you can put in your slots, like your wrist slots, and basically like your jewelry. Um, you can craft those as well if you want to um, really, really get customized. And there's a really neat traveling system that's built into this game called the Agartha. Uh, it's the hollow earth down below where you travel along these gigantic routes, basically, uh, with huge steampunk robots kind of similar to the big daddies of Bioshock that uh, keep the area clean, I suppose. And you can go to different portals, and that's the way you can quickly travel from, let's say you're in New York and you want to get to the Savage Coast or Kingsmith, you can you can um, go to the Agartha by hitting your special little button that looks like an Earth, and your character will stick their arms out and light will appear, and you will appear in the Agartha, and you can travel down the Agartha to get where you're going, which is nice. There are several dungeons in the game, um, a few of which I've done. Polaris is the first one you're going to be handling. And Polaris was fun. You had a lot of um, Cthulhu-based creatures in there. And uh, it, definitely a five-person group, for sure. You want to have a full group for that. Um, then the next one we did was the Inferno, which is pretty much as it sounds. It's like a version of Hell. Uh, lots of demons, lots of... Um, Lots of different takes on the on the succubus and the incubus um, character. Neat stylized uh, NPCs that have been created for this world, which I, I enjoyed seeing. Um, I find a secret world interesting, but at the same time, um, also kind of annoying. Because I get frustrated with the lack of SP, skill points. And I feel like I do the same... I do an area, I do all the quests in that quest hub area, move on to the next quest hub area, and uh, and then I'll find that when I move on to the next quest hub area, I'm not quite high enough level to be in there, so I'm stuck in between, which means I have to rerun the same quest that I just did um, when they time out, and I find that gets really boring and grindy, and 
just annoying. I also find that being attacked every five seconds by zombies is also very annoying. And it would be nice to, um, to have a few more quest hubs around. Also, people are complaining that this is not free to play. And, uh, they feel that the subscription, that the game is not finished enough to warrant a subscription. So I don't know how I feel about The Secret World. It is definitely not a game that draws me like World of Warcraft. Um, I feel like my own fault because I have grouped for the most part that when I've played this game that I haven't really taken in the whole global story. And um, there are little lore nuggets, it's Tinsian's coined name for them, which uh, you can pick up and they're hidden all over the entire world. And they tell you a little bit more about what's going on in a specific area. And when you read them all together, they read like a kind of mini story. So I haven't really stopped to read the lore nuggets all together and to get a better idea of what's going on. And I, I don't feel like I'm as involved in this game as I have been in some others. I do have a couple sites where I'm now sitting down to finally build my character properly and feel like, um, like less overwhelmed with the choices because you do have such an open skill system uh, and you can try so many things that it's very difficult to determine which are the best skills and what order you want to put them in. Um, because there is still a similar thing where, you know, claw will generate so many points of, um, it's not threat, but it's the same sort of thing where you have to have generating weapon, uh, strikes that build up to a certain thing before you can use the more advanced ones that require a certain amount of points of, um, you know, not threat, but something similar. And who among us has not heard that phrase that they all dread? Not enough rage. Not enough rage. And that's something that you do have to be aware of. It's not rage in this case, um, but it's something similar that you have to build to be able to use your more advanced skills. So the order of, of how to place the seven active skills confuses me. And um, some of the pairings for the pre-made decks also confuse me. Um as well and and some of the magic choices with like the assassin and and some of those confused me so i'm still trying to find my own ideal build and and go through the online builder uh site that i've been linked recently to help me do that so i feel annoyed because when i play an mmo i really like to get involved in it i really like to understand my build and understand um how to get my attack you know, power up to the highest amount it should be and make sure my crit, you know, is 100% and make sure that, um, you know, all of that. And it, it annoys me to, to not really understand the game and to feel like I'm just kind of running through it without really um, paying attention or being invested in it. So, um, so I think I'm still going to reserve judgment on the secret world uh, and dip and see how that goes. A lot of people are talking about Guild Wars 2 and how they'd like to play that. I wasn't planning on playing that, but if some of my friends want to do that or Daisy, um, I may end up switching from secret world. But right now it's fun to get together with my friends and have a game that we're playing a little more consistently, which is awesome. But that is my news for The Secret World, and I hope you will give it a shot. I think you do get a 30-day free trial, and uh, they do patch it quite often. And for a brand new game, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes in the future. So I'm looking for that, looking forward to that, and um, hoping you will maybe give that a try.
Another game I just started playing is Darksiders, which I am really loving. Uh, when I had Jameson Drell on and we talked about Darksiders 2 coming out, I became interested in the game and thought I should sit down and try to play that before Darksiders 2 came out. The cinematic with Death as the main character for Darksiders 2 looked really interesting. He was a bit Punisher looking, um, and, and really neat, um, design for him. So I went back to play Darksiders and a little bit of a learning curve picking it up, but it was great and I've only had a chance to play it a couple times, but I really enjoyed the times I have been able to play it. And I think I even have it on Twitch if you want to watch me play at some point. Um, twitchtv.com slash genesee. And the premise of that game is you are one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, I believe war, and you are on earth. Most of humanity is dead because for some reason the seals that hold back Armageddon are breaking, and you have been thrust onto the earth and you're fighting angels and, um, the demons who pretty much just want to get some souls to suck up and doing various quests to try to make it right because you're not supposed to be there. Um, you claim that you were called to be there and that Armageddon was announced, but the arbiter of all this is claiming that that's not the case and that you uh, jumped the gun and came here when you weren't supposed to. So you're trying to figure out what's going on and that's the point where I am in the game. But the gameplay is really fun. You have uh, a lot of fighting moves, and the more buttons you push, and the more special moves you do, the more creatively you can attack these monsters. And um, it's just visually really neat to see your character spin around and, um, you know, slash with your huge sword and all that. And you even have like a super mega monster mode where you can um, hit the button and your character gets like really huge and, um, you know, just extra powerful for a couple minutes before that runs out. Um, some of the actual controller parts are a little bit difficult. Like for some reason, the jumping for me is really difficult. Um, there are certain points where you have to jump up and hang on to a, like a cord in the ceiling and slide down things, which I also, um, am not the best at, but the fighting is really incredible and the graphics are great. Um, the sound effects are also really amazing and it's fun to be able to interact with the environment where you can pick up cars and you can bash your enemies in the face with cars. You can throw them at things. Um, there's a lot of things you can interact with and destroy. So if you're just kind of like mad and you want to just go blow stuff up, it's one of those games that's really fun. Um, you, you get to be epic with not a whole lot of skill, just basic bashing. And I enjoy that very much. So Darksiders, definitely recommend you pick that up if you haven't, because I suspect it will go on sale before Darksiders 2 comes out. And those are basically the two games that I'm playing. Things have been a little crazy right now. I have quite a few interviews lined up for you in the next few weeks, some of which are going to be emotionally stressful for us both. <laughs> Me in particular. Um, there are some things going on gaming right now in the media, uh, involving women's issues and the basic outlook um, that some people have, a kind of divided faction on uh, women in gaming, and definitely going to be talking to some ladies about that in the near future here, um, and that should be really fun. I also have some super surprise guests that I'm coordinating with, um, and now that everyone's kind of getting back from the cons here in the last few weeks, I will hopefully be able to get together with them um, 
and make that happen. So some really cool stuff that I think you're going to be excited about in the next few weeks. But for now, this is a shorter episode and, um, it's just fun to take a break. I find I don't get a chance to really tell you what I've been up to because I'm really busy interviewing. So in case you're interested in that sort of thing, it's good to have a podcast every once in a while to, um, to let you know. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to leave some feedback, as always, you are welcome to find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes with your new RSS. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email your questions, advice, or suggestions to genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.